Okay, sorry about that. You're good. And and we were recording all that. So we got to see like the whole Oh, this no, this is boy, oh my goodness, this is just a, a back room. I can take you in the shop if you want. When Brian uh, told me about the idea of a place that would marry intellectual formation and spiritual formation, the light bulb instantly went off my head. Yeah, why has no one done this before? Your welding instructor is the chaplain? Yeah, that's right. So Father Dom comes in, offers the sacraments to the men, offers spiritual formation, and then, you know, pulls his stole off and throws his hood on. We need to get out of this uh, this, this false dichotomy that we create between people that are good with their hands and good with their head. The unfortunate thing is, is that a lot of young men have ingested that as well. And they think that because they have a manual genius and because schools have been built in such a way that don't actually help them integrate themselves, they somehow think they're dumb. And that's a, that's a shame that, especially in the church, we got to get on that right now and correct that. Welcome to LoopCast. I am joined today by David Michael Phelps. He is the president of Harmel School of the Trades, which we'll get into in just a moment. Um, David has over 18 years more now experience in education administration. He has had a multivarious career, professor of English literature and communications at one point. He's been a creative director, film producer, and writer. Uh, he's developed marketing campaigns, but now, yes, he is president of Harmel, as it Academy of the Trades in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. But for those of you who don't know, and I'm so excited to dig into this today because this is a unique school. So Harmel's faculty, staff, tradesmen, mentors, it, they are all committed to one goal, and that is to help the next generation of Catholic tradesmen, and it is a men's school, sorry, ladies, grow in school. Go grow in skill and holiness. Um, so Harmel is a—it's a unique, almost experiment, I want to say, or maybe a return to a model that we saw in the past. But it's residential, Catholic. It's for after high school, and it trains young men in the trades, but also in uh, liberal arts and learning and Socratic discussion. So this is this is an amazing um, adventure, and I, I can't wait to get into it with you, Dave. So thanks so much for joining us. Paul, thanks so much for, for having us today. Yeah. And a couple of the goals of Harmel, I just want to throw this out there because I don't think a lot of people are familiar with what you do and why this is so important. But um, first of all, to help the, the students there, the men grow in holiness through a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. That's like a Christendom Steubenville thing. But then you add this in, you prepare the students to be technical experts in a chosen trade and support business and industry by providing well-trained, hardworking, dependable, and ethical workers. So there's this sort of subsidiarity Catholic social teaching happening there. And, and again, I'm really excited to have you on today. I wanted to start, though, uh, we talk about this a lot on Loopcast, about current stats on American young men in general are not great. There was a study that came out this summer um, only 20% of boys coming out of eighth grade are proficient in writing, 24% in reading. And that's versus girls hit the 40%. So it really, it seems like girls are at an advantage in our education system right now. Um, but beyond that, uh, we have suicide rates are at an all-time high for young men and the workforce at an all-time low employment for young men. 
So I saw between 99 and 2019, um, 16 to 24-year-old males participating in the workforce dropped 17%. It was, it was astonishing. And we all know about the labor shortage that American manufacturers cannot fill the roles that they need. So I don't know, is this something that you are aware of working at Harmel? And, and how did that contribute to your decision to join this project? Yeah, oh, no, no question. There's a, there's a crisis. And, you know, pick your statistic. There's plenty to choose from there. Um, uh, one of the ones that we referenced here a lot this year is, um, uh, it's a bit dated now, the, the most recent version of the study by Nicholas Eberstadt came out in January, I think, called Men Without Work. And you're right. I mean, we, we look at uh, unemployment statistics, but those are those are sort of papered over with, with tricky sort of numbers tricks, right? Our unemployment numbers uh, look good if you look at them one way, but the reality is, is you got to look at the workforce participation rates. And according to Eberstadt's study, that uh, things are worse in the Great Depression if you count all the men who not only are unemployed, but have completely removed themselves from the workforce. Uh, it's something like 11% of, of, of able-bodied uh, men right now, That's which is staggering. 29. One in nine men just are not only not working, but they're just not even trying to. And and uh, we can have all the conversations we want to have about uh, programming, about training, about uh, funding dollars, about fixing the skills gap, about all these sorts of things. But when I see a statistic like that, that's not a problem of education. That's a spiritual problem. There's a spirit. There's a deep spiritual problem with with men in uh, in particular in this country, and we can do all the things that we want to do to try to, to to build new programs at schools or high schools or whatever it is, and those are all good and important and great. But uh, the problem has a spiritual core, and that means the approach needs to also have a spiritual core, and that's that's you know in, in our own small way in our own small corner of the vineyard that's what we're trying to do. Uh, the, the skilled trades programming, even the liberal arts programming, uh, everything we do um, is is more the how and the what. But um, the deeper core, that deeper why is is about helping young men rediscover uh, the adventure uh, and intimacy of, you know, apprenticing themselves to Jesus Christ. And um, so if, if, you know, you can have all the programs you want in the world, but if you're not if you're not uh, united to our Lord and, and his work of uh, creating and redeeming the world, then none of these problems go away. Yeah, that's that's so beautiful. And like you said, recognizing that at the root, this employment crisis and this crisis of young men is a spiritual crisis. Um, so tell me a little bit about the founding of Harmel. Uh, you're a younger institution. This is sort of a newer project. Um, yeah. So, so how did it start, and how did you come onto the project? Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're we're in our fourth year of operations. We're still, you know, institutional infants, uh, barely out of diapers, and <laughs> still have a problem eating our vegetables. Um, but uh, yeah, so but uh, the the idea goes back four years earlier than that. It's about eight years ago. Our two co-founders, Ryan Pohl and Brian Black, both both tradesmen, good Catholic men. Uh, who, like so many uh, tradesmen, were bemoaning the fact that it's hard to find good, skilled uh, fellows to work for them. And in a, a short version of the story was um, they they wondered why, uh, while you have lots of uh, higher higher ed options for for young Catholic uh, men and women 
to be able to marry a good, solid spiritual formation with sort of vocational training. They wondered why that didn't exist in the trades, and it, and it didn't. And so after, uh, after several conversations and uh, getting the buy-in from our local bishop, they said, well, why don't we try starting one of these places? So uh, we're in the middle of that adventure now. Uh, I came on board uh, about four years ago. Brian Blacksack, actually a neighbor of mine. And at the time, I was I was in advertising as a creative director, which doesn't sound like it uh, right. goes into this at all. Uh, but uh, you know, I grew up working for my father, who was a machinist, and I worked his machine shop uh, from the time I was about uh, ten or eleven, sweeping floors, up to working uh, all through grad school um, as uh, in his machine shop behind these CNCs and these bridge ports and lathes and whatnot. And when Brian uh, told me about the idea of a place that would marry intellectual formation and spiritual formation it was with uh with a shop floor uh just it was a no-brainer it was instant uh light bulb instantly went off my head yeah why has no one done this before so uh yeah so i came on board about four years ago and like i said we're four four years into this little experiment and um still small and growing but uh, i think we're learning some things that that's hopefully worth knowing so how many students are you up to now? And they do they all live together on, on the campus or you're in your facility? Yeah. So, you know, we, we our very first cohort of students came during the, the, the pandemic. We had a, the very first cohort were, were four, and then we added four once we were able to formally open our doors. So there was, uh, you know, eight, eight guys in that initial graduating cohort. We now have 23. Um, and yeah, they, they live in community. This is a, a residential school, and it's, you know... Uh, a good way of understanding what we do is we describe it as a community of work, prayer, and study. And so the men live in community and they pray the divine office in community three times a day. And uh, so they're, they're living this routine of, of prayer. Uh, and then um, depending on which program they're in or which year they're in, they either get up early, have breakfast, uh, go to lauds, then they either go to work in our shops where all of our instruction is project-based learning. So we kind of run it a little bit like a shop would run here, uh, or they go into uh, an actual job on off days. So we have a we're non-apprentice track and we have an apprentice track. So there's two different programs and uh, the, every man who's here is expected to, to work. And then if you're an apprenticeship, you're actually on your path to a, a journeyman's card as well. So uh, we, we live this routine of prayer and work throughout the day. Um, and then the, the, we have an integrated uh, humanities curriculum that gets rolled into that as well. So they're studying the philosophy and theology of work and some pretty uh, pretty robust study as well. And they sort of just live this cycle of work, prayer, and study in their time here as a as a member of a community. And um, yeah, they're, they're they're pretty busy. They're pretty busy guys. Yeah, it sounds like it. I noticed too. Uh, your welding instructor is the chaplain. Is he? Is there? Is that yeah, correct? Right. Is the priest? That, yeah, that is, that is correct. Father Dominic Couturier is a priest of the diocese, and uh, he uh, he's a, a little bit later vocation. He he worked for his his father uh, as well, just as I worked for my father. And uh, his father uh, has a company of. Uh, welding and fabrication company. And so he was a welder for 20 years and then uh, uh, received the call to the priesthood. And, and according to the way he, he tells it is uh, he thought he was leaving that world behind him. And, and then about the time he was ordained, uh, our good bishop here, uh, Bishop Wachowiak said, well, now that you're ordained, there's this new school starting. And boy, they could sure use a welding instructor and a chaplain. So he sent him over here 
And the bishop assigned him to the parish just up the road. So he's nearby. And so Father Dom comes in and uh, offers the sacraments to the men, offers spiritual formation uh, to the men as well. And um, and then, you know, pulls his stole off and throws his hood on and uh, gets uh, get makes makes some makes some sparks here in the shop. That's amazing. Yeah. Spiritual sparks and literal sparks. That's as right. Well. That's right. That's, that's right. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what would what would a program at Harmel look like? You've got it's not a four year school like going to college or university, Correct. right? It's Correct. So, what does a program look like uh, for a young man? Yeah, there there are two tracks here. The, the the first one is what you can think of it a little bit like a gap year program. So it's 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 a one year program. The first one called Foundations of Skilled Stewardship, and those are for young men who either uh, think they want to go in the trades, but maybe don't have enough experience to discern which trade. Mm-hmm. And that's important too, because uh, in the trades, if you're you're going down an apprenticeship track, it's not like there's a whole lot of transferable skills. In other words, you can't. You can't uh, get six months into an apprenticeship as an electrician, for example, and then decide you want to be a machinist. Those, that, that coursework doesn't transfer, right? You'd be starting over. Right. So it's a good idea if a guy is going into the trades to, to get some experience across a number of trades. And that's what the foundations program is. So a man comes for a year and we study a variety of introductory skills across trades. But those are also for the young men who uh, may be college bound as well. I want to take a year to gain some manual competence, uh, which is never a bad thing. Become a, a master of his of, of his of his home eventually, certainly. But it's you know, for example, if you're on your way to college, it's not a bad thing to know how to weld. You can make pretty good money as a welder. You could pay for college, right? <laughs> yeah, you you could do yeah. you could do pretty well. So that's the foundation's non-apprenticeship track program. That's one year. And then we have an apprenticeship track. And these are these are for fellows who want to get specifically into manufacturing, either as machinist or machine builder or into, say, automation robotics. We focus on that here in West Michigan because Michigan is a big manufacturing state. There's a huge need. And these guys get placed in, uh, at, you know, working shops. We call them collaborating shops as an apprentice uh, machinist or apprentice, uh, machine builder. That's a two years of coursework. And then there's an additional couple of years of on-the-job training after that when they're done with us. Um, apprenticeships, you have to get so much related, what's called related technical instruction. You also have to have so many hours of on the job uh, training. And then uh, that path leads to, you can think of it as like the trades equivalent of a bachelor's degree, which is called the journeyman's card. And the journeyman's card is, you know, a transferable uh, certification. And uh, there's a, especially in manufacturing, there is an enormous need for uh for journeyman right it's like almost guaranteed employment after graduation or after well completion. no they they're while they're here they're employed i mean right. uh, yeah 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 absolutely they, they don't have there is no in a sense there's no post-grad placement because you're already in these placements as an apprenticeship while you're here that's amazing that sounds like such a great option so what what is the goal for sort of the future growth of of harmel are you looking to keep it a very small student body um, eventually grow to the hundreds with sort of the, yeah. the five-year plan? Yeah, that's an excellent question. In fact, our uh, board will be meeting on Friday. To, <laughs> okay. to, I'll, to... I'll call you next week, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly right. No, but uh, but I can say this, that there's, there isn't an enormous need. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not only a need in manufacturing, but across uh, the skilled trades and in every region and at every level, right? So uh, you're, you're starting to see... Uh, sort of a bubbling up across the country and diocese and towns all over the country that are sort of starting to start programming like this. 
Um, whatever Harmel's role in that is hard to say. I mean, it's it's the Lord's work, and we're just going to do the best that we can do to be faithful with what He's asking us to do in our corner of the vineyard. But uh, but in the meantime, we've got a lot of growing left ahead of us for sure. Um, like I said, we've, we've, we've done three complete cycles. We're in our fourth cycle now. And as we scale up, yeah, I think any, any community could probably have a school, something like this, uh, for, to serve its own local needs, its own local businesses. But yeah, I, I expect that, uh, in the next, uh, you know, five years or so, God willing, we may be, um, gosh, I, I'd hope to love to see us, you know, as, as big as 10 times as what we are now. Uh, that may be a little ambitious, but, We'll see what the Lord has Shoot in mind. Shoot the stars there. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to me too, um, just as the mother, I have I have one son and one on the way. And um, thinking about this too, a statistic I didn't touch on was the marriage crisis. And one of the biggest barriers young people seem to have to marriage is this spiritual crisis that you spoke about, uh, but also just not being able to support a family, like brass tacks. Yeah. How do I support a family? And I'm, I'm listening to you describe the kind of young man you want to produce at Harmel, I'm like, I don't want to be Mrs. Bennett from Bride and Prejudice or anything, but I'm like, that would be a highly marriageable young man for me. Like someone yeah. who has spent this time getting employable skills to support a family. Um, is that part of your thought process as well as uh, contributing to that? <laughs> well, it, it's funny. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were, we were um, uh, doing a little event on the east side of of Michigan, and we we're explaining sort of what we do and why we do it. And after the little presentation, a young lady in the back of the room raised her hand and she said, "Hey, um, when you graduate this first uh, group of young men, is there any chance I can get their numbers?" Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, I like I, I, I would say I would say that that is uh, a lovely um, side effect of what we're doing. But uh, but it's it's not the core. Uh, like I said, the core is to uh, find men who understand that their life and specifically their work, right, is where our Lord wants to meet them. And if there's one thing in the church, I think that we haven't done a great job with is um, is really uh, pulling out the richness of what uh, John Paul II called the gospel of work as the work is the place where our Lord is working here and now and where he wants us to join him in joy and thanksgiving, that we might give glory to him in all things. And But this is, this is not something that can be simply explained or in the head. It has to be integrated as a way of life. And so young men especially need a place where they can incubate in that way of life. And, um, and we're not used to seeing our work this way. We're not used to forming young people in this way. So we have to start building these places of incubation where they can learn that way of life that integrates work and prayer, but more especially um, uh, the, the, the eight or 10 hours a day that you spend working is actually, actually our Lord is the one working there and he wants to, something to happen there. And, and through your participation and apprenticeship to him in that work, then you can become the sort of person who can execute his purposes in the world. And, and if that's as a father or a husband or as a leader or an entrepreneur or whatever. Or a welder priest, right? <laughs> or a welder priest, that's right. That's so neat. And I think, too, something else I loved reading through Harmel's materials was the the confidence of the reading list is for the humanities is really impressive. I mean, you're reading Joseph Pieper, People Encyclicals. And I was just blown away because a lot of times I think 
I'm from New England, so this might be a regional thing as well, but there's this sort of dismissal of kids who go into work blue collar jobs that, well, they, you know, they had their high school catechism or maybe if they were homeschooled and and that's enough for them and they don't they don't need this, but you're really challenging these young men both physically, manually and uh, and as well intellectually that these texts from our patrimony, our Catholic heritage are for you too. And they're not something that's just for kids who go to college or intellectuals, but John Paul II was writing to workers. He wasn't he wasn't just, you know, in his ivory tower somewhere and um yeah, I love that there's that marriage that you keep mentioning. Yeah, it, it is unfortunate that there is this uh mentality that somehow if you're someone that uh has a manual genius as we talk about it here or we sometimes likes to work with our hands, somehow we think that excludes working with your head. I once had a guidance counselor not in this diocese. I don't want to get anyone uh, in trouble. But uh, I once had a guidance counselor at a Catholic high school say to my face, I'm very glad you guys exist because I have some boys here that aren't that smart. <sighs> and what, what, that, what that speaks is, I think, this underlying bias against work. But the reality is, and there's, a, there's, there's tons of uh, great uh, thinkers on this point, but the reality is, is that Work that involves our body um, and our minds, right, is in a sense a fuller, more human type of work because we are incarnate creatures. We are, we are body and soul together. And the thing that I find is that um, not only is there not a disconnect between rigorous study at an intellectual level and hard, skilled work with your, with your hands – but those two, those things actually end up reinforcing each other. And I found, um, I, you know, I've taught in one way or another for, for over 20 years, uh, uh, high school, college and grad school. And I can say some of the very best students I've ever had in the humanities have been these fellas. And there's lots of interesting reasons for that. But um, I, I think that we need to get out of this, uh, this, this false dichotomy that we create between people that are good with their hands and good with their head. The unfortunate thing is, is that a lot of young men have ingested that as well. And they think that because they have a manual genius and because schools have been built in such a way that don't actually help them integrate themselves, they somehow think they're dumb. And that's a, that's a shame that, especially in the church, we got to get on that right now and correct that because it's, it's, uh, it's, it creates a crisis in young men and it creates a crisis in our communities and our workplaces. Yeah, absolutely. And your emphasis, too, on the locality, the, the small, local community. I love that you're saying you aren't like everyone in the country should send their kids to Harmel, but that this has to happen at a local level integrated with the local businesses and the local communities and that small, um, that, that integrated life, like you were saying, like body and soul are meant for family first. And, and that's just um, such a beautiful and radical notion uh, in our day and age, like you said. So I guess I, I like to, I like to finish up um, and just ask everyone I interview a couple of your personal favorites. And this one might be a little political for your community, but uh, what's your favorite trade? Oh, my God. I'm not allowed to say. Oh, okay. I, 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 will, no, I, will, I will say that because, because of the heavy, heavy manufacturing base here, um, that we, we skew a lot towards manufacturing trades. So machinists, machine builders, and welders, and fabricators, and stuff like that. Uh -huh. um, you know, um, 
it's, you know, let's just be, I mean, also a guy that comes out of, you know, uh, some of my, uh, you know, advertising and things like that. I will say like making sparks makes for uh, much more uh, pleasing uh, visuals, of course. <laughs> and, you know, if, if a welder makes sparks, it's good. And if an electrician does, it's bad. So yeah. I'll, I'll choose the welder. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we like the welding. And then if you could think of um, a book uh, or a think a Catholic thinker who has had the most influence on your life, on your career path, your personal spiritual life, who would that be, or what what piece of writing would that be? Uh, on, on mine personally, yeah. Uh, I, I would probably say, um, you know, uh, I, I have a very distinct memory as a young man stumbling across an article about Hansers von Balthasar and. Uh, and then going on to read some of his work, Love Alone is Credible, uh, Love Alone is Credible. Um, and I will just say, I remember very vividly sitting at my kitchen table and reading this and, and, and making a note to myself. I feel like I've just seen a giant walk past my window. Um, and uh, I, uh, but I mean, I guess I probably, I'd have to put him just below John Paul II, though, for me. Um, I'm a convert. and. Uh, John Paul was was alive when I converted, and it was um, just just the the integration that he himself represented, the accessibility of his writing, his his deep love of our Lord. Uh, he was he was an actor and a philosopher and a working guy, all at one, and uh, all at once. And uh, so we certainly rely on his his prayers a lot here. Yeah, for sure, definitely favorites. Funny story, what, my, probably my first major writing project out of college and grad school, I, I wrote a series of blog posts called Hans for Housewives, trying to trying to break Love Alone is Credible down into my vocation to marriage. And so it sounds like you should do Hans for manufacturers or Hans, yeah, well, <laughs> Hans for tradesmen. The, the, I, I will say that there, there is a very much a sense, uh, we do read some Hansers from Balsar here, but it's a heavy lift, uh, man. That's it, it. It is. It is. Um, the um, but I will. I will say our humanities curriculum is essentially the attempt to expound on what John Paul calls us to in laborum exertions. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good uh, reading that I think can help people integrate the gospel of work in their lives more fully. We just have to we just have to uh, be more intentional about making it a point of careful formation. Absolutely. And I'll be sure to drop in the show notes for anyone who's listening, the the links to all of your materials and, and everything. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. I, everyone here at Catholic Vote was really excited for this because what you're doing is so, so radical and so necessary in our culture today. And they'll be in our prayers. Uh, where, what are some of the, this is one more question that just kind of came to me for, for families with young men who are Looking toward the end of high school, what are some of the key questions they should be asking themselves if they're thinking, you know, do I want to go to a four-year school and go into major debt, or I don't really know what to do, or what? What are some of the key discerning questions that you hear from young men considering uh, a few years or a year at trade school? Well, you know, uh, the first, well, I, I would recommend some questions that they ask yeah. themselves, maybe. Uh, the, the the first is what, what does our Lord want, and um, the second is is how 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 good are you at the habit of prayer, 
And uh, so that's one. And I know it sounds kind of, kind of like a cheap answer, but it really is the core of things. The second thing you might, uh, they, they might ask themselves is, you know, uh, how, how can they put themselves in the path of people who are doing this sort of work? A lot of young men hear about the trades. They, they, a lot of them are interested because it's quote unquote not college and they're not interested in that. Well, okay, that's, that's not a bad reason, but it's not a good one either. And so the, the question is, is how can you put yourself in front of some of this work? Uh, do you have, does your buddy have an uncle, you know, that's a, that's a welder, for example, that you can, that you can talk to. Um, uh, so having some sort of firsthand, at least observation or better yet experience with some of this is a good way of, of testing if that's for you. But the other thing that I would ask, ask a young man like this is how, um, how intentional do they want to be? In other words, just because for a lot of people, the path may be, and, and the path that we've privileged for so long is, okay, you're done with high school, jump into college. You know, whatever you do after high school, you're not doing forever and ever, amen. And so if, if you need a year to discern, uh, do it. If you need a year to go to work, you're not saying no to something else. Uh, again, this is one of the things that we found is we had a lot of guys, we didn't start with this gap year program. We started with just the apprenticeship and we found a ton of families and young men coming that they just needed some time to discern. And they wanted to do that in a community of men who had similar gifts as they did, had a similar outlook as they did, but were in a similar position as they were, which is where they could all admit, we don't have it all figured out right now. That's okay. And if I can go get some, some training and, 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 and some manual skilled trades and, 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 and make some money in, in, in a community of young men like me, uh, that's great too. So, and that would be the last thing is who's the community going to be that you're going to surround yourself with? Um, because you're going to become like the community. And unfortunately, this is a problem a lot of young men have. All of those mediating institutions that we used to have in our culture where a man could grow up, um, those, are, those are mostly entirely gone now. So even the men that do continue on uh, and just go straight to work, we don't have communities for them to form them anymore. We, we just don't. And so whether or not that's at a place like Harmel Academy or, or, or something in their own community, make sure that you find a way to build a community or, or, or become a part of a community that's going to help form you. That's great. Great advice for parents of, of any children of any disposition. Really good advice. So thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank I you. hear I hear the machinist starting up behind you or <laughs> hear some clanging. Yeah, Weld, welding <laughs> class is, is kicking off. Oh, yeah. that's so exciting. Well, I'm going to let you go to go see some sparks uh, and I won't tell anyone what your favorite trade is, I promise. Oh, okay, good. <laughs>